Best brand ever, okay? Yeah. It comes with a, a symbol and a song, right? Okay, as far I as... I guarantee you everybody knows what brand this it is. It also comes... The best part of waking up. Come on. In your Starbucks. Cup. Good night, but Jason. But Burger King also has a creepy mascot. And a, <laughs> they have a spray brand, too. They literally pipe... What? Into the like what they cook. You, anytime you drive past a Burger King, you can yep. you can identify. They're just squirting it. stuff into the air for you to smell. I, I don't know what they're doing, but I guarantee you, <laughs> they're mixing something in the that air. Smells really and good it, to some it people. Smells and not like the Burger King has a smell. McDonald's don't have a smell. Chick Fil A don't have a smell. Oh. Burger King is clearly identifiable by its smell. Our goal on this podcast is to know Jesus better, and by the power of His Spirit, do better. So together, we can be a little better. Well, welcome to A Little Better. So glad to have you here for week number three of The Ripple Effect. We're approaching, well, I guess we really have crossed the halfway point. There's six weeks of The Ripple Effect, so three are done, and we're finishing this week by discussing, but... Drew, you just won't stop messing with us. <laughs> we want to get out there and saturate Rochester, but yet again, we are dealing with our stuff. Um, why don't you give us your sermon in 60? Yeah, we continued the work on the heart <clears throat> to prepare us to saturate. And so we, we this week we talked about how God says, Jesus says, how people will know us and they'll know us by the way we love. And so the, the focal point was like learning to love how Jesus loved and loving the people inside the church ultimately shows people on the outside what God's love is really like. And so we talked about how do we, how do we get our hearts to love like Jesus? You know, we gave three steps. Basically, you got to get over yourself, your selfishness. Like we love each other better we love us best. We got to learn to love each other better. We do that by serving one another and ultimately by laying down our life. And so again, the internal work that God's got to do. So uh, I think I said it like this, right? We can't saturate Rochester or we can't, our lives won't ripple until Jesus rippled our lives. Mm, Yeah. I love that one. So, um, again, um, I just behind the scenes. So pre-preach, you always bring it and it's always, I mean, usually you're asking us to cut things rather than add things, which is awesome. There's just, there's so much rich. So if you had a little more time, what would we have talked about? What what do you leave on the table? I think uh, two things. I think I'd get a little bit more into the, like, what, what the washing of feet really meant and how, like culturally what type of role that was and like seeing Jesus do this, what it really how it stood out to the disciples. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't get really into that at all. And then I think just, I would be a little more nuanced and like, I, I think I get nuanced practically from get over yourself to, um, uh, serve others. But like, what does it mean to lay down my life? How mm-hmm. do I, how do I choose every day to wake up and like lay my life down? Um, because I think that's the highest calling, um, in this message. And I, I didn't have a ton of time to like nuance what that really looks like. Well, that's why we got a podcast. We'll we'll solve it right here. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I think I remember last week I got all the way through the podcast without ever introducing Noah, which is probably fine if you're watching on YouTube and you see the three of us here, but you could be listening like, who is that guy? Or you could just assume it is Noah because, I mean, hey. Can you sound like Noah, Jason? 
His so we do a little bit deeper. <laughs> so we do have on the couch today, Jason DeGraff. Um, it's been a little while because the furniture changed, and uh, he's yes. the, so we're just realizing. So Jason, sorry, man, we want to have you here more often. We'll <laughs> we'll we'll rectify that. But um, what do you wish Drew had addressed? <laughs> yeah, good question. I yeah, I feel like just diving into the practical. Like, what does it look on the nitty gritty level on how to love people that are hard to live to love and yeah, I guess diving into that more. Yeah, and shout out to Equip, which Jason handles, because I think that that's what you're always walking away from. It's just mm-hmm. like, and you, you you find great resources on the web. You're just yep. finding good articles, books, um, podcasts, videos to watch or whatever. Mm-hmm. I just appreciate that so much. But honestly, if you, one way to go deeper with the sermon is our podcast. That's what we yep. try to do. Mm-hmm. But also make sure you're signed up for that Equip. Uh, email comes mm. every week. Uh, Jason puts a lot of time, and I appreciate appreciate you thinking mm. on that. And mm. that really does seem to be well. Sometimes it's theological. Sometimes yeah. it's like questions are raised. How do we think more about this? A lot of times, yeah. how do we live? Definitely. I think of like Shrek, right? He talks okay. about you know onions have layers. Well, like yeah. our our process has layers, right? Mm-hmm. Sunday morning we we teach on a topic, and there's a lot of time, right? And we stay in mm-hmm. that a lot of time, and then we come to the podcast, which unfolds another layer of mm-hmm. the topic, the practical side, and then we send out you know our yeah. equip emails if, if you've never seen one like you're missing out because there mm-hmm. are just so many resources that you can pick and choose what to read right. with what you're struggling with that unfold more layers from a theological vantage point or a practical vantage point yeah. and so we, there's no doubt there we our church has many access like right. access to so many resources right. and it's a matter if we just choose to use them or not yeah I'm going to go, you're going to yeah, say, I was gonna say part of the way we grow is by feeding our own faith. So in, mm-hmm. in some ways we're trying to give you trusted resources or people that you can listen to or hear or videos you can watch where you can dig a little deeper yeah. yourself. Mm-hmm. And the goal of that email isn't that you will read or watch every resource every week. But as you mm-hmm. come across something, you're like, mm-hmm. oh, I did have that question. I do wrestle with that. And then you can pick one, two resources when yep. you have time and when you have interest. Yeah, I love that. Years ago, we used to have a library at Northridge, and now people just go to Amazon or whatever, right? It just didn't <laughs> yeah. make sense. But what was nice about it, you walk in the door, you knew that every book up there was at least a trusted resource. It's yeah. something we thought that would be helpful. And that's what I love about Equip. Yeah. You know, those mm-hmm. newsletters come out, it's a trusted resource. And we talked about layers. Let me add another layer in terms of how deep the sermon burrows into us mm-hmm. is groups. Groups, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and Jason's on the couch, and he oversees our group's effort, does an amazing job. But I I loved group this week. You know, we had our holiday break and our group just multiplied. If you don't know, that just means a group gets so big, now they become two groups. Mm-hmm. And so it was so sweet just to have a smaller crew this week and to discuss the sermon. Yep. I just think that's such an important layer. I think sermons are so much better when they get discussed. Mm-hmm. You know, we did a few weeks of not having group. Yep. The sermons have an amazing impact, but it's just so good to yeah. get them discussed. Yeah. Yeah, it's so easy to hear a message on Sunday morning and totally forget about it. Even it's easy Wait, to show up to... You forget them? Well, I mean, <laughs> when Brad preaches, I don't. Oh. You know, he's got, you know, caskets on stage If you put, if you put a coffin like on the that, stage, but, they yeah. won't forget. <laughs> yeah, but I think it helps us to really contemplate. I mean, yeah. part of what helps us to change in our life is meditation, mm-hmm. you know, so we're thinking about it more when we're pausing to think about the text, to hear it again. And then really 
the way God revealed scripture to us was to be read in community. So it's one thing for us to sit down and hear a sermon or to read a passage on our own uh, during the week when we're reading our Bibles, but hearing it in a community of other people. So it helps us to have insights that they receive from the Holy Spirit, different perspectives from their own lives. Yeah. And I love the accountability, yeah. too, because it's like it's one thing for me to walk out on Sunday morning and say, oh, yeah, I really should do something about that. But when I've said out loud to people in my community group, mm-hmm. hey, pray for me on this. Next week, ask me about this. Yeah. You know, it's just so helpful. And, and this is three weeks of intense action steps. I mean, yeah. of intense you know, you know, work to do. And I, my group loved it. You yeah. know, just, um, yeah, anyway. <laughs> I guess we should get back to... But anyway, that's another amazing layer, so many layers there. Um, so let's talk about, you know, I don't know if you want to go here or not, but I don't want to end the podcast this way, so let's talk about it now, get it over with. But it, I want a little bit about the dark side. I think last week we talked about the dark side of, we compared compassion with disgust, Yeah. right? And the fact, and my group, they talked about that so much. It was just like, you know, I'm so easily disgusted with other people. Thank God Jesus wasn't disgusted with me. Mm. Um, And then just really trying to change our hearts. This week, we're talking about love, but um, but there is a dark side, right? I mean, sometimes people see the church not as a loving place, but as an angry place, Mm -hmm. right? As a place that's, you know condemning or hurtful, or even turns on each other. Why mm-hmm. is that? Why, why does it go wrong? Yeah. I mean, I think at the core of it is we're all sinners, right? And so we have a natural, natural tendency to do not what God calls us to, but the complete opposite. Mm-hmm, right. Um, and relationships are hard. So, mm-hmm. you know, God calls us to a high standard to love, love one another just like he loved us. And mm-hmm. Christ loved us perfectly because mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. was perfect. Mm-hmm. We are far yeah. from it. And so I think, you know, there are times where people hurt you and it's hard to love somebody who, who hurts you. Mm-hmm. It's hard to love someone who disagrees with you. And I think that's the, the beautiful nature of the calling that God has placed uh, in, our, in, our, mm-hmm. in our laps is, you know, he's calling us to almost an impossible standard. Mm-hmm. He's calling us to a greater calling. And we just have to know going into it that we won't always get this right. Mm-hmm. You will be hurt by people in the church, but love is forgiveness. Love is, you know, not holding grudges and love, despite mm-hmm. our differences and despite our dysfunction, somehow brings us together, right? Yeah. And I think that's the message to the world that we want to send by this. They will know like, hey, they are a hodgepodge of different people, different backgrounds, but the love of Christ that we are united under brings us together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jesus is reminding us of the need to love each other because right from the beginning, Christians were struggling to love each other. I mean, I think the very beginning of the Bible, you know, the first like murder was two brothers, Cain and Abel. Mm -hmm. You know, we talked about this this fall when we talked through the book of Acts, but you know, Acts chapter five, you've got uh, the sin of Ananias and Sapphira right after the church bursts on the scene and God's working powerfully in Acts chapter six, you've got people neglecting widows because they're different than them. Um, You have Paul all through his letters, like in Corinthians, talking about dysfunction in the church. I think in Colossians, you have these two women who are having issues with each other. So I think it's a good reminder. Don't be surprised 
um, by dysfunction in the church. We are <laughs> sinful people. Uh, and in many ways in being surprised is that you're failing to look at your own heart and how mm-hmm. sinful you yourself are. And I think the, the world is not necessarily surprised by the dysfunction because they mm-hmm. have it in their own life. I think what the world mm-hmm. is surprised by is when we respond to the dysfunction in an unloving way. Yeah. That's the message that we don't want to send to the world is like, hey, this person hurt me or this person, there's dysfunction mm-hmm. here. I, don't, I can't allow that dysfunction to break us apart, disunify yeah. us because that sends a message to the world that we don't want to send. Yeah, I think, um, you know, the... So Jesus tells us we have an opportunity here. I mean, when we love each other right, that is going to be unbelievably persuasive mm-hmm. yeah. to the world. It's going to kill us. The flip side of that, right, <laughs> is when we don't do it, mm-hmm. people use that yes. as an excuse to mm-hmm. condemn the gospel, yeah. disbelieve the gospel. It's all a crock. I don't want any, yeah. any part of it. More persuasive, mm-hmm. perhaps, those relationships, more persuasive than how well we preach, how well yeah. we teach. Yes. I mean, I think one of the most compelling aspects of the love of Christ is in forgiveness, in broken yes. relationships, yep. in healing, in yeah. repentance, in owning right. our own sin mm-hmm. and coming forward and, and talking about it. And as people see like, okay, here's people who hurt each other deeply. Right. If God could reconcile that relationship, maybe there's hope for me too. Well, I think about just in Jesus's community. Okay, in the washing of the disciples' feet, you see dysfunction. Mm-hmm. You see Jesus who poured into these guys perfectly, never wronged them once. And you have Peter who denies him, mm-hmm. Peter who feels unworthy of him, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have Judas who completely betrays him. Like, talk about right. dysfunction right there. And yet, what do we see Christ's response to? Yeah. Washing their feet. Yeah. And like, you can't read that story and not be moved by it. And if the world saw us respond to our relational dysfunction that way, what would it say? Like I, people hurt me, people betray me. I wash their feet. Yeah. I love what both of you have been saying Mm -hmm. here. It's not to be surprised at the dysfunction. You know, that's kind of the world Mm -hmm. we were born into. (laughs) It's where we all come Mm -hmm. from, but the way we respond to it, that's what's going to, you know, turn heads. It's interesting to hear like, Elsewhere in the Gospels, we have an example where Jesus says, like, I'm going to die. He tells his disciples, like, he's going to be, you know, be buried for three days and rise again. And then right after that, um, we have two guys fighting over who can, you know, be the first, you know, Mm -hmm. in his kingdom and sit on his right and his left and missing. Hey, how do I love? Like, he's going to die for me, but I'm still competing to be, you know, the best among the twelve. Right. Yeah. It, it, that's like the, the, well, why I said like the hardest part to loving others is your love for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. That's a great example of like, hey, we abuse God's love by making it all about us. Yeah. You know, like, and I think that's the nature of us in our relationships. The reason why we respond off, off the reason why we don't wash people's feet is because that doesn't, that doesn't help me. Mm-hmm. I don't gain from that. Uh-huh. And it, it's become all about us. Yeah, I think that's interesting. I mean, we hear from the world all the time, and so there's, there's, I think there's truth in it and there's falseness in it. But you need to love yourself. That's the most important thing. You need to love yourself. Mm-hmm. We hear that over and oh, over yeah. again. You know, it's a lack of self-esteem. This is the biggest problem in the world is a lack of, mm-hmm. of self-esteem. Um, lots of cultures have seen a real problem with self-esteem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Say the problem is you think too much of yourself, bro. Um, yeah. But... Uh, so how would you respond to someone who says, you know, you just need to love yourself. I just need to love myself. 
Yeah, I mean, I think the way you love yourself is by loving others. Mm -hmm. I think I think you'll learn to love yourself better by serving others. Yeah. And again, that's what the kingdom of God is. It's upside down living that ultimately brings purpose instead of destruction. Mm -hmm. And when we choose to live that in a lifestyle that's all about us loving ourselves, what we get is a lack of contentment or a lack of lack of satisfaction. Man, I can't. <laughs> Sad. We can't be satisfied, right? Like, yeah. I, I love myself and I still don't feel satisfied. So I'm gonna love myself more and I still have this emptiness in me. And mm -hmm. it's because it's you're chasing after something that can't be quenched. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a, a, a right um, thing that when, when people say you need to love yourself, they're trying to address a wrong view of ourselves. And so sometimes mm -hmm. we can over pity ourselves or overlook down on ourselves. Sure. And mm -hmm. we, and it's, it's the goal is to have the right identity, but the, that identity isn't that I'm amazing, but it's that I'm created in the image of God and, and God loves me in spite of my sinfulness. And so when I have a, a right view of self and a right view of God, um, I already love myself, but then I'm able to love God and love others rightly when, when I view myself as God has made me. Mm. Yeah. Well, I think even secular sources acknowledge that serving others is an antidepressant mm -hmm. that, you know, it's you know, some of the best you know, advice you can mm -hmm. get if you are overwhelmed with depression is to go out there and, and, and serve others. But yeah. I guess jumping back earlier to like, so how do we love others who have hurt us or failed us? Like, what does that look like practically? Why you know, am I not surprised you're yeah. asking that question? <laughs> I want to ask it because I, I want about. you guys to answer it, you know, instead of me trying to figure out how to answer it. You got that. there first. Now yes. we have to answer it. <laughs> the hard part about those questions are like a lot of them, like, so, so how do you love someone who's hurt you? A lot of them are very case by case scenarios, yep. right? And, mm -hmm. and sometimes loving someone who's hurt you, like the most loving thing you can do for them is distance yourself from them. Now, that, that can also be a wrong step, right? Sometimes mm -hmm. we, we choose to distance ourselves from somebody we should actually press into. Mm -hmm. And so what's hard about those, those big questions is they're really yeah. case by case. And that's why we rely on the Holy Spirit. That's why we rely on our community groups. Mm -hmm. That's why we seek wise counsel from trusted sources so we can say, hey, here's what's going on. How do I love? But when you look at Jesus' example, like, Someone betrayed him. Someone hurt mm -hmm. him. And yet he still washed Judas's feet. So like, I guess the question I would ask is if someone hurt you, what's the best thing you can do to wash their feet, to serve mm -hmm. them and ask people, if you don't know, ask trusted people to help you navigate mm -hmm. that. Because for me to give you a bunch, a list of ways to do it without knowing the context is, good. is not good advice at all. Yeah. Yeah. I, I appreciate that so much. I immediately, I know, I think it was last week when you preached, I immediately got someone, you know, saying to me, they really felt that they needed to, they felt guilty about not helping their ex. And my immediate response is, you can pray for your ex, but your ex abused you, your ex manipulated you, your ex knew how to talk Christian talk yeah. to manipulate mm -hmm. you, guilt you, yep. and all things like, you are not, 
you know, your most loving thing is to is to pray yeah. and, 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 and step back. And that's a very much a case-by-case, case, as you say. And how hard is it mm-hmm. to pray for somebody who treated you that way? Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, that is a powerful act of like, hey, I'm, mm-hmm. I love you enough, despite how you treated me, to go to God for you. Mm-hmm. Honestly, mm-hmm. some of the hardest people to pray for, for me, mm-hmm. are the people who have hurt me, you know, mistreated me. I don't want to pray for them. Actually, mm-hmm. I do. Lord, bring curses down on them. <laughs> Thunderbolt <laughs> them, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just see my own sin in my own life, you know? You, you talked about in your message how some of the people that are hardest to love are the people we're closest to. It might be most natural to love them, but it's hard to love them. Yeah, you know, messy. And where does most of the conflict happen is the people that we spend the most time with. So for me, it's between my kids and between my wife and, you know, I think it's a common statement, hurt people, hurt people, you know, our, mm-hmm. we tend to respond sinfully when we're sinned against. And so um, when I sin against my wife or when she sins against me, my immediate response is to be angry and yep. to want to dish it back or to yep. just feel mm-hmm. like, you know, we were talking about this with some of the guys in my community group this week about it's easy to look at a list of all the things that we're doing right and how much we're sacrificing in our family and say, man, my spouse or these other people, they're not doing their fair share. Um, instead of like Christ, like uh-huh. laying down our life, saying like, it doesn't matter what this person's doing. I'm going to live like Christ and serve them. Yeah, yeah. that is how, hard. Yeah, and how much do we deceive ourselves about our contribution, yeah. right? Yeah. How much we're doing and just the blind spots. But that's the thing is those people who love, who love us or close to us, revealing to us our blind spots that... Yeah. They're the they're blind spots. We mm-hmm. can't see them, yeah. and yep. so to receive that humbly, that's hard for me. It's well, just, and I think on that, like they are the most natural to love, but they're also the most natural to mistreat. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. they, they go in hand in hand because it's with my spouse. It's easy for me to treat my spouse worse than I'll treat our staff, mm-hmm. right? They're, you know, because. I'm comfortable with her. Like mm-hmm. I, yeah. that, you know, so I, I think it, you, I think that brings up a great point, Jason, of like, even though the people are easiest to love, they're also the easiest to lash out at. Yeah. That's where it gets real. And I think that's why it's most convincing to the church. Cause these people who are so tight with each other, can they get past that? Can they love mm. each other? Can they do I mean, that? What a compelling thing it is when you do see like a unified family that loves Christ and loves each other and mm-hmm. you know, a husband that acts like Christ and lays down his wife, you know, his life for his family and for yeah. his kids yeah. and sacrifices what he wants for them. I mean, right. <laughs> I need right. to do that better. <laughs> How can you see that? I, I, uh, yeah, yeah. So that's, uh, I'm getting convicted now. Holy smokes. <laughs> yeah. Well, Drew, you always preach to yourself. That's <laughs> Amen. That's right. Well, listen, I love that. Um, it's a few things here. It is case by case. So we're not going to answer all your questions, but take advantage of some of these other things. Take advantage of your community group. Take advantage of equip resources. Pray for each yeah. other. Help each other. I really, I love the way our churches respond to this, because I see them thinking about it, our staff, our members. So keep coming back. We got three down. We got three to go of the ripple effect. You're definitely not going to want to miss the next week. Thanks for coming.